for the last three weeks, we've been in a series and it's called uh, All In. Somebody say it again, All In. We have been talking about what it looks like to be all in for Jesus and all in at the Grace Place. And so the first the first week of our series, we reminded you um, the mission that we have here. And that mission is to be a family that gathers together, that grows together, that gives together, and that goes together. And then the second week, we talked about being recruited for the mission and how Jesus has invited all of us to be a part of his team. And he has recruited us to rest in him, to surrender to him, and to serve with him. And then last week, we had the opportunity to respond to that invitation. And so if you missed any of these messages over the last few weeks, I encourage you to check it, check it out on our YouTube channel, or you can watch them um, in the Church Center app and get caught up. Because today we're going to be talking about the importance of being refueled for the mission. If we're going to be all in, we've got to be refueled for the mission. Somebody say refueled. You know, we can't demand things from our physical body when we don't give it proper nourishment. And the same thing works in our spiritual life. You know, if we're gonna be all in, we cannot do it when our tank is on empty. You know, I'm notorious for driving my car around on empty. I've even went too far a couple of times and ended up on the side of the road, which we're not gonna talk about that this morning, are we, Sean? So just like a car can't run without fuel in the tank, we can't run all in into all that God has for us without spiritual fuel in our tank. So today we're gonna talk about a few ways that we can be refueled for the mission. And and we don't wanna just talk about how we can be refueled, but we also wanna give you an opportunity to be refueled today. So the first way you can be refueled is you can be refueled by his presence, by his presence. Um, If you wanna get out your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter three, verse 16. It should also be on the screen as well. And Paul here is praying for the church in Ephesus and he says, I pray that God from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Man, that's amazing. His glorious unlimited resources. He has everything you need, all the strength, all the thing you need through his spirit. You see, it's only through his spirit and in his presence that we will find all we ever need right here in his presence. So this morning, if you need to be refueled with joy, Psalm 16, 11 says this, in your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you need to be refueled with peace today, Zephaniah 3, 17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. And with his love, he will calm all your fears. And he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. You see, there is peace in his presence today. If you need to be refueled with courage and with strength, Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid for I am with you. 
Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You see, everything you could ever need is found in one place and that place is in his presence. And what a gift we have this morning because you know what? His presence is here today. Well, today we're talking about uh, being refueled and we talked about being refueled by his presence today, Pastor Krista did. And we're gonna talk about another way that we can be refueled and that's by prayer. Somebody say prayer. I love how the Lord refuels us when we slow down to be with him. Krista talked earlier about demanding things from ourselves when we're not refueled. You know, it's hard to demand a a life that is actively engaging with what the Spirit of God is doing on a daily basis without being refueled in prayer. It's it's nearly impossible. Um, You know, I think if we went down the line and asked everybody in this room the type of life that you desire and, and how you want God to move through your life and and, and help you to be aware of what God's doing in the hearts of other people so that you can engage in those moments, but it's impossible to do without prayer. I love what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. You know, prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is not a place you go. Prayer, it doesn't happen in a closet. It doesn't just happen in a church, but prayer is a conversation with a God who is in every situation. Did you know that? You know, I think sometimes we do people a disservice when we, when we teach people to have a, a prayer relationship with God only confined in the moments of a 15 minute segment early in the morning before you go out through your day. That's a massive disservice because God is everywhere in all situations. It'd be like you spending all day with your best friend or your spouse or your mother and father and just, you know, chumming with them all day, but only talking to them in the morning and then ignoring them the rest of the day. How many of you know that's a little awkward? That'd be a little strange. If he did that with me, I probably wouldn't hang out with you anymore. And the Bible says that he's with us everywhere in all situations. And prayer is just simply having a conversation with God. And it says that not just by prayer, but by petition. In other words, petition is when we are requesting or we're asking God for something. So when I look at Philippians 4, 6, I see some ways that prayer refuels us. I I notice that prayer refuels us in the sense that prayer is a reminder It's a reminder that we don't have to be anxious about anything. It's a reminder that we can be calm because we know that God is with us in all situations. I don't know about you, but I truly desire that in every movement of my day, every activity of my day, that I'm aware of the presence of God. I'm not only aware of what he's doing in my heart and life, but as I'm engaging with our staff and I'm connecting with Pastor Clay or, or my wife or my daughter or my friends and family or Julie on Monday as she often comes to the office, that, that I'm aware of what the spirit of God is doing so that I can encourage, so that I can speak into those moments and so, so that the Lord can do something special and powerful. 
You know, it's interesting as Paul wrote this, it's, it's almost like it's hard to believe that he's in every situation because there's those, time, there's those times where we don't feel him at all. Anybody ever been there before? And it's like, Paul, are you sure he's in every situation? What about the moments that I don't feel him? Paul's like, yep, he's there too. What about those moments that I don't want to throw up on social media as a highlight moment in my life? Paul's like, yeah, he's there too. And of course, he's not just there in the hard times, but he's there in the great times, in the times where we're celebrating an accomplishment, in the times where we overcome something that nobody else saw. The Father's there in that moment too, celebrating with you. See, we don't have to wait for the morning to be with him in prayer. We don't have to wait until we get to our prayer closet. I think a revelation for us today would be that your prayer closet is everywhere you go because he's just always with you. How else are we refueled in prayer? We'll keep reading to the end of verse six. It says this, it says, with thanksgiving that we would present our requests to God. See, when we pray and we're reassured of who God is, scripture says that we do this by thanksgiving in our heart. How many know that when you're grateful and when you're thankful, there is just a different kind of hope in us. There is a different kind of joy in us because we know who wins. We know that God is there. We know that he's present. We know that no matter what's going on, we can have hope that God is gonna help us to get through. So I wanna just suggest today that that prayer is a reassurance, that it reassures our soul in those moments where we forget that he's the all-present God. And here's, here's what I think is so unique about the scripture because it says with thanksgiving in our heart, we should never bring petitions to God. We should never request God to do something for us without us also being thankful. Let me, let me show you how that works. When we have to go to God in prayer because there's difficult news we receive, or we've got to go to God in prayer because maybe we have a difficult meeting that we're going to have with somebody, or maybe it's a difficult class or a, a difficult test or a difficult friend that you've got to navigate something hard. Rather than only going and asking God to do something for us, if we should maybe take some advice from Paul, and he says, with thanksgiving also. And I think that means this, before we enter into those moments that we just say, God, I don't know what you're gonna do today, but I've got a, a very difficult conversation I have to have with somebody, and I don't know how it's gonna go. But God, I thank you that I've had difficult conversations before. God, and that you have been present. God, you have been there with me. There have been words that I've said that I, I, I don't even know where they came from, God, but you, you did something so gracefully through my words that somebody received my words in such a special, powerful way. God, that I entered some situations where I knew somebody was gonna say something hard to me. But God, I thank you for those moments in the past where hard things have been said to me and you've helped me to be humble You've helped me to receive them. You've helped my heart to be open and teachable. And I thank you that no matter what happens in this moment, God, that I know you'll do it again because you've done it before. 
That's what it's like to be thankful. And I think that when we're thankful, when we're bringing our petitions, those things to hand in hand, going together, that God reassures our hearts in ways that we can never imagine. The things that bring us anxiety, the things that we're worrying about. And and let's just, let's, here's what I want to say. There are a lot of reasons in the natural to be anxious. I don't want to take away the, the natural things in this world because sometimes I think as pastors or even as Christians, we're like, oh, God, God's got this. Don't worry about it. Like, like there's no reason to worry. <laughs> Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? There's reasons to worry. But it's with the presence of God that no matter what the worries are, that God will help us navigate through difficult things. It's not that he's always going to take them away because hello, just look around for a moment. There are things that are not taken away because sin is still rampant in this world. The, the enemy is still in control. He's still doing his thing. But with the presence of God with us, we could navigate through those things. And we want to just kind of give you a moment to practice a type of prayer that includes thankfulness and that includes requests. Here's an interesting promise that we receive when we get to verse seven of this passage. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. When we slow down and we recognize him in every situation and we thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do, it says this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. I love how prayer refuels us with peace. It's like something happens supernaturally when we're obedient to the flow of God and what God is doing. When I think about prayer, I think as I see this pastor today that prayer is also a rumble. Now, I'm kind of staying with the R themes because I said prayer is a reminder, prayer is a reassurance, and I had to use the R But here's what I really mean by that, because, you know, that's a little cheesy, is that that prayer is spiritual battle. It really is. And when we engage in prayer, it's as if we leave the natural, our heart and and our mind, it leaves the natural. And we enter into a supernatural realm where where God has dominion. And that's the only place to navigate difficult things in life. They can't be navigated in the natural here on earth. They have to be navigated in the supernatural. And when we pray, we engage in supernatural activities and the God of heavens is at work and his angels are at work and he is responding in the spirit in ways that we can't imagine and in ways that we cannot see. You know, God inspires people through stories. And when you think about it and we take a look at scripture, we can see all throughout the entire, from the beginning until the very end of scripture, it's story after story after story of the faithfulness of God. You know, and it's interesting, sometimes we find stories in the Bible of people like David or, or Moses or even Paul, people like Esther. And we read the stories and sometimes we put ourselves in the place of these characters. When the real hero of these stories is not David, as great as he is, it's not Moses for freeing the people and it's not Esther for her incredible faith, but it's actually the story of God. 
It's a story of his faithfulness to people that no matter what their family lineage says about them, no matter how much they have failed and made mistakes throughout their lifetime, that God is a God who is faithful to his word, so he's faithful to us. And that's what a powerful story is. And your life is just a continuation of the stories in scripture. And your story needs to be told. If we never told the stories of the Bible and we just left them in time and left them in the history, we would never be impacted by them today. And your story is not meant for you and you alone. Your story's to be told. Your story is to be shared. And it's amazing to me when we look in the Bible about people who went and shared their story, it's amazing the impact that is made in their cities and in their families and among the people that they live and do life with. And we can think about the story of this Samaritan woman who was at the well one, one after, hot afternoon all by herself. And this man named Jesus comes up to her and in that time and in that culture, it wasn't even proper for a man to approach a woman. Nevertheless, it was, it was, it was not proper for a Jewish person to approach a Samaritan. And here Jesus comes and he breaks all cultural boundaries and he engages with this woman in such a unique way. And he begins to speak things into her life and begins to ask her about her life. And she just begins to just tell him things. And she tells him just part of her life and in Jesus' fashion, he actually reads her story. He reads her mail back to her and, and lets her know, well, you don't, the person you're living right with right now is, is, is not just the one you're with, but I also know Jesus says in a really kind way that you've had five husbands. And in telling her this, I don't know that Jesus was calling her out on the carpet. Maybe he was. But I think the kindness of the Lord was letting this woman know that Jesus knows everything about her, every failure, every person that she went running to looking for love and she didn't find it. And Jesus wanted her to know that he knew that. And that despite how much she had failed over and over again, he knows everything about her and he still loves her and sees her worthy of sharing this good news to her. And it's interesting to me that this woman felt so compelled after this love encounter with Jesus, the son of God, that she ran back to her hometown. And the scripture says this, that she went to her hometown and said, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And it says that the people came out of the town and made their way to Jesus to find out if he was truly the Messiah. When we share our stories with our friends and loved ones, and it could be our salvation story, it could just be the, the goodness of God and what he has done for us recently, it makes people wonder, hmm, maybe I should come around to see if this person that they're always talking about is who he says he is. And I just could imagine what would happen at the Grace Place if we just began to share our story. If we just ask the Holy Spirit, give us normal everyday opportunities to go engage with our friends and families and just share what God is doing with our coworkers, with our friends at school, to just share. 
and just throw seeds out there. And perhaps they would say, the people that you've been praying for, maybe we should go and see what this Jesus is all about. You know, the last thing we're gonna talk about today is we're refueled to go. We're refueled to go. And this just kind of leads right from our story of the Samaritan woman. This is the purpose of God for our life, to go and share the good news. We are Jesus to the world. You know, did you know that we serve a God on mission from the moment he created the earth, he inserted himself right into the garden to be on mission, to reveal himself to Adam and Eve. And when humanity failed and they they messed up and they got cast out of the garden and they got thrown onto earth full of sin. God was on mission to reveal himself to humanity through the Israelites as they traveled from place to place representing who God was. And then God sent Jesus himself in the flesh to be on mission so that people could get a full picture of who the Father is. And we want to make it really simple for you to be on mission here at the Grace Place. And I want to just share a couple ways that you can be on mission. And and they're very simple. One of them is just share your story. When God gives an opportunity, just let people know of the goodness of God, whether it's a a financial increase, whether, whether God does something special in your marriage or in a friendship or in a parent to child relationship or child to parent relationship, that we would just share these stories as our friends naturally share their struggles with us. Those are great moments for us to share the goodness of God. That's a great way. Another good way is to invite them to come and check out what God is doing in the house of God. And Pastor Clay made these incredible, incredible handouts to make it really easy for you to share your faith. And as you head out today, we've got them for you. You can just take some with you and we make it really easy for you to share what is going on at the Grace Place with your friends and family. There's a QR code on the card. When they when they scan the QR code, it's gonna take them to our website with a page that lets them know everything they need to know about coming out for a visit. They can see what we believe. They can find out if this is a place they would be interested in. And then also another way that we've tried to make it really easy for you to share what's going on at the Grace Place with your friends and family is we actually have put a spot on the Church Center app to make it really easy for you to just share events and invite a friend. So if you don't have a card or you lose it, I tend to do that sometimes. I always have my phone. How many always have your phone on you? And so because of that, I always have a way to share this with people. So if if you go to the Church Center app on your phone, we try to make it real easy. Here we go. Just tap the button that says Church Center. And when the Church Center app opens up the second picture at the very bottom where we have all our events where you guys register, you just tap events. And then once you open up events, at the towards the top of our events, we're always gonna make sure to have these events up the top. It says, you're invited to church. And we've got it in Spanish and we have it in English. And when you grab that event, if you click on that event, And it's going to open you up to the next page. There's that little arrow at the very top right. You just hit that arrow and it's going to open right up in a text feed. And you put your friend's information in there that you want to invite. And just like that, I felt like I was Pastor Bruce. That was like the Pastor Bruce anointing. I don't don't know what just happened there. I looked at you and I just went like this. He does things with his hands when he talks. And so you can just invite a friend and just, we just, we want to make it so, so very easy to make sure that people can experience what we have experienced. How many, how many would love to see that happen? I want to invite you all to stand on your feet. Have you enjoyed?
enjoy today just in the presence of God. It's been such an awesome day. It's been so cool to worship with you and, and uh, just partner with you. In fact, I was down here praying and, and I was thinking, I was praying with somebody and, and I just, I said, Lord, you know, sometimes we kind of get positionally messed up. Like I'm the pastor and I've got something different from you. But it was two brothers in Christ coming together with the Father, just declaring scripture and thanking him for what he's done and what he's gonna do. And we can do that anywhere we are. When you're a parent, you're doing it with your child, but you're doing it. If I pray with Ellie, two brothers and sisters, just declaring God and what he's gonna do in our life. Well, I think it's just so appropriate for us to just kind of seal this service and close it out by singing this new song, All In. By the way, I don't know where y'all found that song, but it's so perfect, so right for this moment and right for this series. But before we do that, I think it's just right for us to just take a moment and just verbally declare um, our our declaration for our A-team, our A-team declaration. You guys know what it says. It says our declaration is we gather, grow, and we give and go. And, you know, today I just kind of want you to close your eyes and I want to, you to imagine yourself what it's like to just gather with the family of God. I want you to imagine what your life is going to look like 10 years from now as you continue to gather with the family of God. And as you grow, and, you know, these aren't just declarations, but they're, they're aspirations. They're, they're, we're, we're desiring to grow beyond where we're at. And I want you to think about maybe some struggle points in your life that you just, that you need the Lord to help you get through. And I want you to imagine yourself growing through that. And I want you to think about your life and, and how you give, that you would be somebody that just gives with an open heart, that you're just ready and willing to serve your friends and family wherever they are at, to serve in the house of God wherever there's a need, to be able to financially respond when people are in need around you, to be able to financially freely respond to, to tithe and freely respond to send people out on mission. And then finally, I want you to just imagine yourself as somebody who goes, that God is bringing salvation to people around you, that God is bringing healing to people around you, that God is stirring up wonder in people around you. Can we say it together with this heart? I'm a part of a family who gathers together, grows together, gives together, and goes together. Let's say it one more time as a prayer. God, I'm a part of a family who gathers together, grows, gives, grows together, gives together and goes together.